I committed myself really early on to self-development. You know, the first book I read was The Greatest Salesman in the World, and mm -hmm. uh, it was a book that, you know, just changed my life at that time. Mm -hmm. I just made a, a commitment, you know, to continuously put good stuff into my mind and try to develop myself. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like that was the, the separator between me and kind of the, the other people that I started with and, right. and uh, you know, why I was able to you know, move ahead so, so quickly. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, we're here in St. Louis with uh, Mr. Ryan Goldman. He's the VP of sales for Clay Solutions, a uh, direct sales company, very similar to my company, a sales-centric sales organization. And uh, me and Ryan connected, what, about a month ago now? Yeah, about a month and a half. Yep. Yeah, we connected about a month ago because, you know, he's had a, a sales team in the 40 to 50 salesperson range for how long now? Uh, for probably the past three to four months. Okay. I've been hovering around that same number. And uh, he reached out to me because he was kind of feeling that ceiling that happens at that point. And uh, so he hired me for a 90-day consulting program that I have available. And so what I wanted to do was do an initial podcast, uh, you know, with the going over the audit and everything, and then also do another one after the 90 days, kind of seeing, you know, the before and after, right? Like a personal trainer, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the sales program version. And so I wanted to first kind of introduce you, get some background on you, kind of let everybody know where you're coming from and how you got to where you are now, which is a, a multi-million dollar producer in the direct sales industry. D-Reg Energy, um, Shared Solar, and uh, going to be getting in rooftop solar soon now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Awesome. So... I guess, where did it all start? Was it in high school? When did you realize that, you know, sales was where it was at? So uh, I actually got started in door-to-door uh, -door sales when I was 22 years old. Um, previous to that, uh, I actually got in trouble uh, when I was going to college for, uh, for selling weed. And, okay. uh, and so um, I had gotten into trouble. My so dad you sold pharmaceuticals first. Yeah, yeah. That, that was my <laughs> first sales job. And... Uh, um, because of that, I, I, I got in trouble, um, and at the time I was working at a movie theater, and I couldn't even get promoted to be an assistant manager at a movie theater, you know, because of uh, my background at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of like at, at this lost point in life, and uh, I was actually working, uh, doing uh, grounds work, and, and about to be a custodian, you know, that's what mm -hmm. I was applying for, to, to be a custodian, and, and I had it in my mind that I was like, you know, I could work my way up and become a, a head janitor one day, and, and that'll be, uh, that'll be my life, you know, yeah. and uh, 401k, yeah, retire and after 50 years of working yep, at 65 that, years old. <laughs> that's it, that's it, and uh, I, right before that, uh, while I was actually applying, this girl that I uh, knew from a previous job, same thing, I, I actually, uh, I couldn't get hired there because of my background, Yeah, um, she had reached out to me, and she was like, hey, do you want to make $1,000 a week, and you know, I was 22 years old at the mm -hmm. time, and I was like, heck yeah. So this was about uh, 11 years ago or so? Yeah, yeah, a decade ago, actually, like this month, it's been 10 years. Gotcha. So 
you know, talk about your childhood a little bit. Did did you have like, did your parents have regular jobs or how did that work? Uh, out? So uh, my dad was actually a, a regional sales manager. Really? And, and yeah, yeah, he he sold labels that go on, you know, like shirts and clothing. And okay. Uh, so it was really not glamorous, you know. I mean, it, it but he was still a, a regional sa- sales. Yeah. He managed the sales team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny, funny how it kind of worked out, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but but he actually passed away when I was twenty, and and that kind of led to um, just kind of that lost uh, yeah. point in life, you know. Like mm-hmm. I got got in trouble at school. Dad passed away, and um, you know, my mom hadn't been working for a while, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I kind of grew up in in. Not a not a, a bad home, you know, but there was a lot of you know uh, alcohol abuse and right. and uh, you know so it was just kind of like a normalized growing up and. Gotcha. So this was in Chicago. Uh yeah, in Palatine, Illinois. So it's a okay. northwest suburb of Chicago. Gotcha. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Well, not how you grew up, but Chicago. I love Chicago. Me and my wife just got back from there um, a couple months ago. And we had a great time. Uh, went to a Cubs game and all that good it, stuff. So it's a fun place. For sure. Um, okay, so you're 22 years old. You, you've got an opportunity to go knock on doors. And what were you selling at the time? Uh, it was deregulated energy. Deregulated yeah, energy? Yeah, for Just Energy. That was the, the first company that, that mm-hmm. I started working at. And uh, I, I remember um, my, my first paycheck, it was $200. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll never forget, uh, I went out to eat with, uh, it, it was my girlfriend at the time. And you mm-hmm. know, I was like, man, I just quit you know, what I was doing, and I was making $14 an hour, which, you know, being 22 years old, it was like, right. it felt like it was good money, yeah. you know, back then, and uh, here I am, you know, working 60 hours a week, and I just got $200, you know, and yeah. she was, uh, you know, like, why, what are you doing, you know, mm-hmm. what, what are you thinking, and uh, and I had, like, a, a realization, I was like, you know, everything is really up to me, you know, and I have complete yeah. control over, over you know, the outcome, and, mm-hmm. and um, I can increase my income by just getting better, you know, and uh, and so I really committed, kind of, just to being a student of the business. And my second week paycheck was nineteen hundred dollars, and uh, third one I think was close to three grand. And after that, I was like, I'm I'm never doing anything else, you know, besides this. It's kind of crazy how many people quit after that first two hundred dollar one, though. Yeah, you know, and 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 so many or and this is a uh, caution here. So many sales organizations or just sales teams. They think they need to overpromise in the beginning, like, "Hey, you're gonna make a hundred grand working for this company." You know, thousand dollar checks, and that is the verbiage that they use over and over and over again. And then what happens in in reality? Because you got to build your sales pipeline. Yeah, you got to build your referrals, and you're gonna have you're, you're not gonna be good in the beginning. <laughs> so it's gonna take you a while to get to that point where you're consistently making a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a week, right? And I think uh, a big part of the problem is we don't set that expectation with them early on. And uh, so, you know, one of the the pieces that I coach on with clients is, hey, set that expectation low early on. And then if you have an all-star, you have an all-star. But too many people take the all-star and they use that and they say, okay, this all-star came in his first week. His first check was two grand. You know what I mean? And they try to make everybody fall into that category and it doesn't work out. And then they get discouraged and they don't do what you did, which is, all right, I'm going to study harder. I'm going to be a student of the game, and I'm going to work even harder at this because I know that there's a prize at the end of the tunnel. They get that first check, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's where a big turnover point is, and I think because we're not setting the expectation up front. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, we sell, sell them a dream in the beginning, and mm-hmm. then, you know, kind of reality, you know, hits them Afterwards. those first couple <laughs> weeks, and they're like, wait a second, you know, yeah. this doesn't quite line up. 100%. So, all right, so you start doing well. Uh, what do you think at that point, because you were probably one of the top earners pretty quickly. Yeah, I was. So, you were a student of the game and everything, but was, was there anything else in there that you would say kind of gave you that edge over everybody else in the office? I would say it was uh, I, I committed myself really early on to self-development. Um, okay. I had some some great leaders in the beginning, and they encouraged me to uh, to you know read some books. And mm-hmm. uh, you know the first book I read was The Greatest Salesman in the World, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a book that you know just changed my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I started listening to audio books, and mm-hmm. so like I, I just made a, a commitment you know, to continuously put good stuff into my mind and try to develop myself. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was the, the separator between me and kind of the, the other people that I started with and, right. and uh, you know, why I was able to you know, move ahead so, so quickly. Yeah, you started developing your mindset instead of just your sales skills. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's a, that's a huge piece of it. What would you say are some of the key concepts in um, the greatest salesman in the world that kind of help you execute? Um, you know, my, my favorite one is I will persist until I succeed, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really realizing, um, you know, you just have to keep going, you know, mm-hmm. d- despite kind of what the challenges or the obstacles are, you know, keep moving forward, keep putting one step in front of the other. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he talks about uh, most people uh, cease their labor at a prescribed time, you know, and you just have to be willing to kind of Go and go until you're you're proud, you know. Go until you you get that last sale, rather than you know quitting because it's seven o'clock or eight right. o'clock. You know, and that that makes a lot of sense. I remember that quote from the book, and it was like probably fifteen years ago that I read it. I need to read it again, but cease your labor at a prescribed time. I mean, that basically explains how everybody else functions, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And when you're born into a world that's like, hey, 8 to 5 or, you know, shift work 2 to 10 overnight, you know, I get paid a dollar more overnight, you know, and that's that's a win. Yeah, right? yeah, it, it um, kind of conditions people for the just doing the bare minimum. And you know? to uh, cease their work when their bosses tell them to, basically. Yeah. And it also makes a lot of sense in the, in the sense of, you know, so many owner, business owners will say, you know, you know, I started this business and um, – went out of business or I ran out of money or whatever and what I tried to get them to see is no you didn't go out of business like it's this the business is this entity that you know didn't work out you just quit yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean that, that, that's, that's the bottom that's, line yeah, right that's the because, reality you know and, I, and I, I've talked about this in the podcast before like I've had you know the state of Texas take 25 grand out of my bank account and you know I didn't have payroll for the next day yeah. you know and what you realize after going through things like that. And, you know, you make it happen and you make adjustments. You let people down, you know. I've never, I've been late, like a day late on payroll, but I've never not made payroll, right? And so um, what I realized after that is, like, there is nobody that's going to come into your office and say, hey, you can't do this anymore. Your business is shut down. You know what I'm saying? Even if, let's just say, you owe taxes or something like that and the IRS comes into your office, your business is shut down. You can still make it happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't start need another a, one. You don't you know? exactly. You don't need a legal entity to make it happen. You know, there, there's the ethical piece behind it. Like you're not, you can't screw people over. 
But as long as you do right by people, there's nothing that can stop you from coming back from that 25 grand hit from the state of Texas. You know what I mean? Or like losing your whole sales team to, you know, some another sales organization or losing half your team or whatever the case is. And I've been through all of that, right? Me too. Yeah. And it's like, I had this, I didn't have that quit function in me. I thought about it all the time. You know what I mean? Like I thought it was an option, you know what I mean? But it was just like, no, I don't, I I don't want to go back to, you know, Orton Automatics working at this place where I had to take orders all day, every day. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not built that way. Yeah. For sure. So, so you're successful with Just Energy. I would imagine you started moving up into leadership. Yeah, yeah. So I moved into leadership uh, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they had me start training people after, I think after I was there for you know, literally three weeks or so, you know, because my numbers had, mm-hmm. had gone up, you know, exponentially pretty right. fast. Um, and uh, I started running a team within, like, uh, you know, a large team within the, the first three months. Um, and eventually, you know, Just Energy was a major, uh, you know, energy supply company there mm-hmm. in Canada and, and the United States. And I think they had, you know, close to 50 offices. You know, I worked my way up to being number one in sales and the number one crew coordinator, which is basically like the number one you manager. Know, manager, you yeah. know, having the largest team of accepted sales. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, it, it was uh, the, the leadership part. I started reading a lot of John Maxwell and, mm-hmm. and studying leadership, and, and that was kind of what... Yeah, so you're uh, uh, certified in John Maxwell now, right? Yeah, yep. No, that's awesome. So, cautionary tale, right? You've got a top producer in the industry in Just Energy. So, why are you not there anymore? Is the question. <laughs> so it's kind of a kind of a funny story. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I started dating my regional manager's daughter, <laughs> and uh, and so he didn't really like that too much. Um, understandably you know mm-hmm. and uh and so he uh he, he basically told me like i was banned from the office you know he couldn't really fire me because mm-hmm. i was an independent contractor but he's like you're not gonna come into the office and everything about me was always about the team you know and, and yeah. it wasn't like just going out and writing sales it was like yeah. how can i add value to other people and help other people and that was what was taken from me was, was mm-hmm. really to kind of do that and uh and so yeah i ended up uh, leaving there and um Kind of a, a, I had this fifteen passenger van, you mm-hmm. know, that we would just load people up in, and it and was your your yeah, personal van. Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. I left it sitting at at that office, and uh, and a guy, uh, his name's Jonas. He uh, just happened to to call me about my van that mm-hmm. was sitting there, and he had also previously worked at Just Energy. Okay, um, but he had gone <coughs> off on his own and started his own company, and uh, and so he called me about a van, and we ended up connecting, and and so I started working with uh, Jonas. And that was nice. uh, originally it was international marketing concepts, and uh, it's since rebranded as Clay. Nice. So uh, this is when y'all did that. It was right before COVID, right? Uh, so we met in 2014. Okay. And that's when we started working together. Uh, 2014, okay. and and we worked together for y- about six years, and then mm-hmm. and then yeah, COVID, COVID happened. Gotcha. So through all of this. Let's get back into the, the, the personal stuff a little bit. You've got a, a hell of a story. Yeah. Right? And so um, I think, you know, part of this doing podcasting and, you know, building a brand is kind of stepping into that story and kind of being an inspiration for other people. Right? And it, it, it's, a, it's important that we do that because 
you know, one of our core values at our company is we operate with integrity, right? And a lot of times people will use your story against you. Yeah. But it's it's like uh, an Eminem and 8 Mile. You know, if you put it out there first, you know what I'm saying, say, hey, this is me, this is who I was, yeah. and this is me now, and this is the triumphant return, you know what I mean? Um, you're able to kind of control the narrative, you know? Yeah. And uh, I imagine you do that a lot with your in, in terms of your leadership. Yeah. You know, 100%. when you have guys come in and they have, you know, issues or problems, mental health, you know, drug addiction, stuff like that, you're able to say, hey, I was there once, yeah. you know? Yeah. 100%. So you want to kind of walk us through that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I started kind of experiencing success, you know, mm-hmm. at, a, at a pretty young age, uh, you know, 20, 23 years old, I think was when I, I started making my first six figures. And, uh you know, I don't know when Wolf of Wall Street came out, but that was uh, that was basically like my uh, vision of what success looked like was mm-hmm. this partying lifestyle and yeah. and you know drugs and alcohol and that movie did not help the sales industry <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, and so um, you know, so so that's kind of what happened was was I started earning all this money and and uh, at a young age and um, just started partying a lot and and so it started with you know just taking everybody out to the bar and drinking and mm-hmm. then uh, it progressively turned to, to you know cocaine and, mm-hmm. and uh, started uh, you know being addicted to cocaine and alcohol and, mm-hmm. and smoking pot and and all these things and uh, it got to a point uh, where it just started creating chaos in mm-hmm. my life and uh, um, Ended the, the relationship that, that I was in, and, and we mm-hmm. had two kids, and uh, it was, you know, one of the messiest, nastiest, uh, yeah. you know, breakups you could, you could go through, mm-hmm. um, and it, it basically resulted in me uh, losing custody of my kids, mm-hmm. and um, she didn't have custody either, you know, yeah. so it, it was just kind of, uh, so it was fighting to, to you know, uh, get these kids back, and, mm-hmm. and so... Um, just my life started spiraling out of control, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and it took up until 2019 for me to realize uh, I, I was actually about to sign guardianship of my kids away. Wow, I, I was uh, that broken, and uh, so we were talking last night, and you had said basically that you know you got the 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 orders that you couldn't get your kids right, and uh, you were telling me instead of that snapping you into shape like you went deeper yeah 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 so she, she had gotten uh, order of protection against me mm-hmm. and uh and so um you know a situation happened with her where where the kids were were taken from her but because mm-hmm. she had this op they, they couldn't get placed with me yeah um and instead of yeah instead of getting my shit together it just it, get, it got worse you know mm-hmm. and uh like i said I, I, it was literally the night before i'm supposed to go and sign guardianship of my kids away mm-hmm and uh, and I had, it, to me, it was a, a spiritual experience, you know, okay. and uh, it, it was almost as if, you know, God told me everything in your life will get better if you just get better. And so the the next next day I was like, man, I'm, I'm done, you know, and I, I just cold turkeyed everything, you know, I, I stopped drinking, I, I started looking for AA meetings and mm-hmm. Um, plugged myself into that, and and that was a huge foundational piece. Was just getting sober, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, then COVID happened, you know, yeah. and, and luckily I had a couple of months of sobriety at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily I, I had kind of this foundation to, to go on and uh, just really start working on myself, working on, on my uh, my emotional, mental well-being and my physical well-being, start working out. And, mm-hmm. and sure enough, as I started to get myself better, everything in my life just started to, to improve incrementally. That's amazing. Three and you were doing three meetings a day. Three meetings a day, yeah. So Six AM, noon and the evening one. Where were you like how were you making money at the time? Uh, so I still had had the business, you know, and, uh-huh. and luckily I mean, you know, I, w- I was kind of a degenerate you were holding you know, it of, together. Of party and all this stuff. And yeah. I put so much good stuff into my mind, you uh-huh. know, like uh, uh you know, I I don't think anybody would ever say, even though I was doing that stuff, I was, you know, like a a bad person or, you know, I was right. a, a, you know, lying, cheating or stealing or, mm-hmm. you know, I had really good relationships with the people that were still working with me and, and yeah. they, I think, uh, could see, you know, I, I that was, you were working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they, they carried a lot of the weight, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during that time and, and, you know, I was able to use that time and then COVID happened and we were shut down. And so it was, it was kind of like a weird miracle the way things kind of worked out mm-hmm. to, to where, you know, I had all this time to really focus on getting myself better and, and uh, you know, fighting to get my kids. And, mm-hmm. and, and I ended up getting full custody of my kids, you know, and, and have them back. And That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy is you and I were going through something similar at the same time. And I did. I, I had my business, right? And, uh, you know, for me, it wasn't drugs. It was women, you yeah. know. And so me and my ex-wife now, new wife, same wife. <laughs> um, we separated and divorced right around the same time you started getting sober. And so that, like, three-year journey to where we are now, I was going through the, you know, something very similar to where, you know, Wayne, my VP of sales, kind of had to carry the weight over that time because I was going through a divorce, mental health issues, you know what I mean? Like, figuring out, like, this new life where I only had my kids half the time. And then COVID hit in the middle of all that, you yeah. know what I mean? And then, you know, we both came out the other side of it. But it's kind of crazy how, you know, energies align and, you know, the story's kind of similar there um, in terms of that journey and everything. So you're on the other side of COVID, got custody of the, the kids back. And this was only, what, a year and a half ago or so? Yeah, yeah, it was about two years ago, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just – I'm so thankful for the people that I had around me at that mm-hmm. time. You know, I, I had uh, just met my, my current fiance, Stephanie. Yeah. And uh, she was a big part of that, you know, I mean, because, you know, if I had just been by myself during COVID, I, mm-hmm. I don't know where I would be, you know. I mean, just kind of isolated and alone. It would have yeah. probably been a, a much different situation, you mm-hmm. know. And, and she was there and really encouraging through the kind of the whole the whole process, you know, because I mean, yeah. during COVID, they shut down all the courts, you know, and yeah. so uh, I was supposed to have a court date in, uh, I think it was March or April, and, uh, you know, court was canceled, you yeah. know, and, and so, and then they canceled all visitation, you know, uh, uh, you know, be, even being able to see them, you know, so I went from being able to see them to not being able to see, I yeah. went from not seeing them to being able to see them, to not being able to see them again, and, uh, you know, it just kind of, you know, it was tough mentally, mm-hmm. uh, but just, you know, had faith, you know, and, and yeah. really just turned it over to God and was like, man, as long as I stay on the path. As long as you get better. And keep, yeah, exactly. Keep doing the right thing and, and don't self-sabotage. I mean, that was mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing. It's like, even though these challenges are there, it's, you 
know, if I keep keep getting myself better, keep doing the right thing, eventually mm-hmm. everything will work out, and, and it did. That's a that's a really good point too, because you know you would expect, all right, now I'm a productive member of society. You know what I mean? I'm not messing around with drugs anymore. I'm not you know not showing up for my family and my team. I am showing up now. Yeah. So things should get better immediately, uh, right? That was 100% <laughs> what I felt like, you know, and, and it almost, in the beginning, it almost felt like it was harder, you know, because yeah. I had some crazy situations happen, and I mean, I won't even go into it, but yeah. it was like, I mean, just weird stuff happening, and I'm like, I'm sober now, you know, yeah. why is this, this going should, on, you this know? This should get easier. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, same thing, it, it just kind of, uh, you know, they say there's like a 90-day lag, you know, but between when you start doing Mm-hmm. you know the right thing and when you actually start to see the results yeah. you know and that was kind of we have this mentality of like man i'm doing it right right now why am i not getting the results but but you have to well and understand the process that that goes with any real transformation you know and and this is you can be going from being average to developing yourself and trying to be more productive but what always happens is you say okay i want this thing and I recognize I have to stop doing what I'm doing to get this thing. And you put your faith in God, and God says, okay, you know, I'll give you this thing if you stop doing what you're doing, but I'm going to make sure you really want it. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to I'm gonna put you through the ringer. And, and not just to, like, for you to prove to God that you want. He already knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. But what he's doing is he's strengthening your resolve. So when it does happen, you don't fuck it up again. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you yeah. appreciate it, yeah. right? So every morning that I wake up, one of the things that I'm grateful for is that I get to see my kids every day. Yep. And I have them 100% of the time. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the the woman that I have now versus the one that I had before. And I'm grateful for the man I am now versus the one I was before. So, you know, when we were separated and we were divorced, you know, like I wanted that life back. But God was like, do you really want it? Yeah. And then when you get it, will you really appreciate it? If you get it back right away, or if you get everything you want just because you got sober right away, you know what I mean? You may not appreciate it because you didn't go through yeah, shit you, after shit after yeah. shit to get there. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So yeah. You almost, I wouldn't say in that situation you're going to enjoy the journey. You're just not. You know what I mean? Right now, you're enjoying the journey. Okay, I'm at 40 to 50. I'm going to enjoy the journey to getting to 100 salespeople or, you know, whatever. Uh, we haven't set up financial targets yet, but whatever the financial targets are, 15 million, 20 million, uh, one of them is a, uh, you want to have a $100,000 week, like yeah. personally, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, um, but but this is the fun part, right? Yeah. Because, you know, obviously the family's taking care of everybody. Nobody's starving around here. That's everybody's it, Everybody's making money, yeah. you know what I mean? Now it's like, okay, how many times over? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what are we going to build as a result of that, you yeah. know? And so, um, all right, so you got the kids back. You, uh, you eventually proposed to, to Stephanie? Yeah. How, how, when was that? What yeah, was that? so it was a couple months ago. Uh, we, we had a company trip to Puerto Rico. And, nice. uh, yeah, so I was able to surprise her. And, mm-hmm. and uh, In front of the whole company and everything? No, no. Oh, I, I took okay. her to a castle and okay. uh, hired a photographer. It was and intimate. It, was, it was real romantic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful experience. But that's a, that's a good point, too. You know, your 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 guys get to see you kind of go through that that transformation. Especially, you know, I know like your number two Tim, um, he's been through all that, 
Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He knew me in college, man. He yeah. Seen me, he's seen me at my lowest points. Yeah. You know? But then he's also, yeah, also seen me, you know, now at my highest, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I mean, that's got to be one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things is, mm-hmm. is you know, I mean, because they, they've, they've said it, you know. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know, like we've seen, you know, the progress and the changes. And, and right. I see it in them, you know, and I, yeah. I see them elevating themselves and, and mm-hmm. making positive changes in their lives. And, and you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it has that ripple Mm-hmm. That ripple effect, you know, when you start to, you know, make different choices, it, it definitely affects the, the people around you. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of conviction um, about this subject in general, right? So whether you're a sales organization or you're a company that's hiring salespeople, uh, there are people out there that need that second chance. You know yeah. what I mean? You're a second chance person. I'm a second chance person. And, um, man when you take a chance on that person and it is genuine, right? You've got to put minimums in place. You've got to put standards. You've got to make sure that they're, they're not bringing your office down with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you got to hold them to that standard. But when you do and they execute the, the person that you get from that. And I'm, I'm talking about the person with the felony, the person with the criminal background, you know, and the person with the addiction in their past. Yeah. They have gone to the, for lack of a better term, depths of hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when they get out on the other side of it and they're convicted that they never want to go there again, I mean, you've got a powerhouse of a person that can lead hundreds of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That can say, hey, I've been where you've been. Follow me. There's greener pastures. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of power in that, especially in commission-only sales where you got people coming in and they have that type of stuff all around them all the time. You know what I mean? That that was one of the things that was hard for me because I never had any problems like that. You know what I mean? I grew up in the suburbs and I'm a very tactical person. So the success that I've had have been as a result of my sales programs, not a result of like my salesmanship or my story or any of that. Now, you know, I get to share that story and like, okay, once you do make it, don't fuck it up like I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and take advantage, right? But when when we were coming up and we were, you know, hundred plus salespeople adding offices every month, um, it was because of the sales program. Yeah. You know? I didn't have this rags to riches story, you know what I mean, that a lot of other people had. Wayne did, you know, and he was in a leadership role, so he was able to execute on that. But going back to what I was saying too many people discount someone with a colorful past yeah <laughs> is what we're going to say yeah and and those are often the people that can lead armies of men you know because they have conviction in what they're doing so i would i would recommend anybody listening to take a calculated second chance approach to those type of people cuz even working on you know when you work with fortune 10 clients they have standards that you can't hire somebody with a felony. Yeah. You can't hire anybody that has had theft in their past. Yeah, can't be but an assistant manager in a movie theater. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you can be a head janitor, yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's bullshit to me. That's not the way the world works, yeah. you know, because you don't, you don't learn anything from being a good at two-shoes your whole life and following the line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You learn by fucking up, <laughs> you yeah, know? 100%. And I, I'm not saying that you have to fuck up that much to learn, but... yeah. You learn by fucking up. And so um, I think within reason. So what we did is basically Wayne had discretion. 
even though we were working for Fortune 10 clients, you know, uh, Wayne had a discretion. If he felt like we could take a risk on someone, we did, you know. And it worked out maybe 10% of the time. Yep. But the people that we did take a risk on, you know what I mean, and hire, they eventually became leaders in the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? And basically gave us our ROI for that risk on hiring yeah. them, you know. And you do. You have to have higher standards. Like, okay, let's just say you're hiring somebody with a colorful background. What we would always tell them is, look, you're a risk to the company because of your history. So you can't come in here and be average. You know what I'm saying? You can't come in here and if, if four sales a week is the average, you need to be coming in here doing six, seven, and eight. You need to be coming here lighting the world on fire because we're taking a risk on you. Yeah. And if you're not, then you're gone. Yeah. It's that simple. You want this? You want us to take a risk on you? Then you make it worth it. Make it worth it, a hundred percent, and have that conversation, set that expectation with them early on, and then you can have the next Ryan Goldman. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know you just need an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, w- that was kind of my mentality. A hundred percent. So, um, let's talk about your business now. Okay. Kind of how y'all built it out to. I mean, wh- what are you guys trending at for this year? Uh, so Gross. I. Uh, so I could tell you in in. Uh, Previous to COVID, you mm-hmm. know, my, my best year was uh, was basically a quarter million dollars uh-huh. um, in personal income, and mm-hmm. for for this year, uh, on track to do seven figures. Yeah, and this is our first year back after COVID. Yeah, so the 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 company gross is probably in the neighborhood of you know four and a half to five and a half million. Yeah, somewhere around yeah, there yeah. that the the team is generating an income yeah. altogether. You know, you're gonna have a couple of. Uh, couple times over six figure producers yeah and so you are getting into that space where like you can literally say to someone walking in the door we can have you in the six figure space in like six months yeah you yeah know? i mean we, we have a guy uh bobby man he got started with this less mm-hmm. than a year ago uh, he's already at i think 150 grand for the year oh man and, that's amazing uh, i mean just crushing it you know mm-hmm. just when got a got his own office and Less than twelve months. Yeah, uh, and you guys are doing uh, opening that up in Baltimore, Maryland, yep. in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, we're waiting on the lease right now. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where your business is at now. Um, I guess what made you kind of take the leap and say, "Hey, Doug, I need you to come help us out here." You know, so uh, I've always put a really high price on on leadership, mm-hmm. um, self development. Like I said it's been know a decade in the in the process and mm-hmm. um i i recognize that sometimes you know what got me here won't get me there mm-hmm. you know and and i know that one of the the biggest challenges i have is kind of just having the systems in place and mm-hmm. and uh I, I follow you on social media you know yeah. we're in apex together mm-hmm. um and uh and you know listen to your podcast and and jumped on a call with you and you mm-hmm. went through the the Kodak and I'm like, yeah. this is, this is what I need. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what we're missing. And, mm-hmm. and if we could get this in place and get the systems, um, you know, why can't we get to 13 offices and hundreds of people? Hell yeah. And, and obviously you're somebody that's already done it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once again, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. If, if you've done it, you could probably show me how to do it too. Absolutely. So, um, a hundred percent. You know, when a lot of people get into the the sales game and then in the leadership role, it is you're basically strong arming the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and, then, and that's what I recognized when I first got into it is like the the people. You know, because obviously you meet people from other companies, other leaders in the business. Heck, out in the field, knocking on doors, like you may want to run into one. They've got you know ten guys under them, 
and you can, I can tell right away because that's how my brain worked. Like I knocked doors for three months and I never knocked doors again, <laughs> right? And so Must that's be nice. yeah, yeah that, that's saying something, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so um, I was able to develop that stuff that we're talking about right now, putting it into your company early on. And I, I would, anytime I ran into another leader, they would pound their chest and, you know, I wrote a hundred deals last month and I'd be like, I wrote zero and we made the same amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was like a, a big deal for me. And I kind of, you know, fell on that sword a lot and it, and it did, it, it, it created problems, right? Because you have that person in the company, you're in the middle of a sales meeting and you're like, you know, doing a training on your opportunity structure and how they get to the next level. And then you, you always do like you have th- we have throwdown Thursdays, yeah. And and without fail, if I was visiting an office, it would always happen. There'd be that one cocky salesman <laughs> trying to would, call you out. That uh, would be yeah. like, well, I'm 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 calling out Doug. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I remember one time I finally got tired of it, you know, because there's running a business and then there's being a really good salesperson. Hundred percent. That's two completely different things. Totally. One scalable, yeah. one is scalable to a degree. You can sell higher end products. You know what I mean. You can hire an assistant. Maybe you can a setting team or team to manage your deals like you can become a, I've seen you know we've got them in apex some high-level salespeople they still sell they love to sell that's yeah. what they do yep and they make a million dollars a year you know what I'm saying just selling one product yeah. you know and a lot of times it's roofs yeah but <laughs> <laughs> um and I have no knock on that but that's not my skill set right and so that would happen all the time and they they would say well I'm gonna get you know for TV sales today. And, and I said, okay, well, I'm probably going to do 60 to 70. What? No, you're not. Well, yeah, that's what the company's going to do. Yours, yeah. yours is just four or five of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, I would help them reframe that, and then I would go right back into the opportunity structure. You know, four deals in a day is really cool. You know, that's like $600 for you in one day. This was 10 years ago. Um, but imagine that, you came into the office, you know, you set up your opportunity meetings, you ran your opportunity meetings, you ran your sales meeting, you know what I mean? And then um, you took the guys to lunch, paid for lunch for everybody, and then came back to the office, you know, hand, uh, adjusted your opportunity meetings coming in, set up your meeting for the next day, you know what I'm saying? And um, met with your VP or regional or whatever, and you made the same amount of money that day. Yeah. By leading other people to get to where you are. 100%. You know? Yep. And not only is is that working smarter, but it's also having more impact. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? not just you. It's, it's not just you. Right? You know, you're giving other people the opportunity to, to do what you did. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, it is. It, it It is fun every now and then to, you know, close a solar deal or close a consulting deal, whatever the case is, and let the guys know, hey, this is, you know, leading by example on the sales side. But leading by example isn't limited to sales in a sales organization. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's also like, man, I can't tell you how many 12 to 14 hour days I had because I was running an office and then I was running the business and then I was empire building after that. Yeah. To where I was setting up the future structure of the company. I was the only manager in that office. I had a, a manager in the other office, and I'm already planning on a VP of sales. That's like three levels of management in between, but I'm already building that out yeah. in my structure. Yeah. You know what build, I'm saying? Build for where you're going, not <laughs> exactly. where you're at, right? And so I think that's, that, that's really important for anybody that 
you know, maybe you're a solar salesman, maybe you're a roofing salesman, or you're a leader in the business to recognize, hey, you've got to do that development, like you were talking about, that self-development, and start empire building. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it, it happens. You know, guys get burnt out. Yeah. And so the way that we energize ourselves is, is important to others. I get a ton of energy from that. I don't notice how tired I am until I'm on the plane going home, and then I'm yeah. passing out. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, absolutely. So uh, going back into that, so you've got where you want to go in your business, and that's what we're going to start working on over the next 90 days. More of the systems and processes, because I feel like y'all got the hype here. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got the hype. We, y'all got the we hype. We got the juice. Yeah, the juice, man. <laughs> so tell me tell me about the juice. Uh, kind of walk you, me through that. You know, so Jonas is actually the one that introduced me to the juice system, man, and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell you where, where it stemmed from, but, yeah. but it stands for uh, join us in creating enthusiasm, join us in creating excitement, join us in creating expansion. You know, okay. so that's the, that's the acronym for, for juice, Very you cool. know. And uh, so, yeah, it's just that, you know, people get fired up. It gets people excited, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. they're doing door-to-door, you know, so it's not the most glamorous right. job, you know. So we got to add some some excitement and, mm-hmm. and get people fired up. And, and usually people love it, man. I mean, they come in and, you know, you never know what's going on in people's life, but they come in, they're surrounded by just positive, mm-hmm. high energy, and, and it, it makes an impact. So it, it, it starts out with this mantra, right? Yeah. And so it's very, like, you know, I say this, you say that, I say this, you say that. Yeah. And then you get into the training of the meeting, yep. right? And during the training, you're referencing pieces of juice, right? And then and then the, the, the funnest thing I would say is the trainer says juice on that, and then everybody says juice. Yeah, 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 <laughs> juice by that, yeah, juice. But, but what it's doing, I think, psychologically is it's, like, dialing them in, re realigning them with each piece of the training, like, okay, we're solidifying this piece and we're moving on to the next piece. It's a transition piece. Yeah. And it's also saying, hey, this is how we work turf. We do three loops a day, whatever the case is. Juice on that, juice. Like, yeah. uh, lock it in. Yeah. That's what it's doing It's locking yeah. it in along the way. And then at the at the end of it is the, the recognition, yep. which was my favorite part easily. So walk me through that recognition piece, basically the structure of it. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we, we like to uh, recognize people that were going out there kicking ass, busting mm-hmm. loose, making money with the juice, and okay. uh, and we let them know, you know, hey, this guy went on and did it five times, you know, uh-huh. everybody will say five times. Five uh, times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then we bring them up, and they run around, they high-five everybody, and, uh-huh. and we're, we're doing a little chant, and uh, at the end, they, they, you know, finish with their team name, and they got, you know, some sort of funny uh, thing to kind of go with that, and, and then... Uh, then they say what worked for them, you know. Yeah. They, they tell us, hey, you know, what, what worked for you yesterday, and, um, you know, get, that gives them the ability to kind of impact the, the rest of the team, you know. And then mm-hmm. not only that, then we ask them what their short-term goals are uh, and their long-term goals, you know, mm-hmm. because we want people, you know, when they do come in, a lot of these people, they come in from, like I said, broken uh, backgrounds or, or whatever it may be, and, you know, they've never really thought about, like, what their – goals really are the yeah. short-term goals long-term goals so every single day we're asking what's your short-term goal what's your long-term goal what's mm-hmm. your short-term goal what's your long-term goal and getting them to speak it into existence and uh and it starts just manifesting stuff in their yeah. life you know and so that's yeah it's my favorite part too and what i love about it is they're saying it so so what happens with your with your brain in that case is you know you say hey my short-term goal is to get a new car my long-term goal is to be a six-figure man. I think one of the guys said that yesterday. I like that yeah. a lot. And um, what it's doing is if you're doing that on a daily basis, 
you're storing that in the subconscious. Yep, 100%. And then the decisions you make every day, whether it's what you're going to eat for lunch that day. Programming to Yeah, your subconscious is saying, well, you know, you said you wanted to drop 10 pounds, so subconsciously I'm going to steer you away from the pizza that day or the burger. Yeah. I'm going to steer you towards, you know, Subway or the sandwich or the salad, whatever yeah. the case is. And, and that's a very elementary way to explain it, but... You know, I think too many people think I, I'm going to say it and that's going to manifest it and the universe is going to give it to me. No, you're the one actually doing the work. Yeah. But by saying it, you're storing that in your subconscious and you're, and that's the way your brain works. It it wants you to get what is stored in your subconscious, basically. It, it's funny to, to bring it full circle. You know, the, the first scroll in The Greatest Salesman in the World, it, it talks about creating the daily habit of reading the scrolls and, and it says the... The first scroll, you're going to read it at breakfast. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to read it a second time at your midday lunch. And the third mm-hmm. time you read it, uh, you're going to read it aloud. You know, And so you're reading these scrolls you know, for 30 days. And, and that same thing, it talks about planning it into your subconscious mind. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing you know, from, from that book to even the, the juice system. Just yeah. taking those things, plant, putting it into your subconscious mind, you, you, your brain starts to find ways to achieve it. Success leaves clues, guys. Yeah. So write them down. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you know where you're headed. Um, you know, we've explained to them the juice system and everything. Let's talk about something a little deeper, which is legacy. You know, this is a question I ask all my guests. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious after 90 days if this, because we're, we're going to have discussions about this legacy piece, and this is going to kind of set the foundation for um, what we're going to do over the next 90 days. So, you know, so my question is, what does legacy mean to you, and what legacy are you going to leave behind? So that's a, that's a great question. Um, legacy to me is, I guess, you know, the people that are impacted because of you. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what my hope is, is, is you know, kind of like we talked about the, you know, the ripple effect mm-hmm. is, I want to make a, a, a massive impact in, in every person who I come into contact with. I want to impact them in a positive way, in, in some sort of way. And, and, and I, my hope is that they go and, and impact other people, you know, and especially mm-hmm. in the business. I want to I raise up, you know, multiple, multiple leaders. And, and I hope that I show them the, the principles and the way to lead with, you know, kindness, fairness, support love, encouragement, you know, to where they go and be that for other people in their lives, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I'm a firm believer, you know, I wouldn't be where I was at if I didn't have people that believed in me, and I didn't believe in myself, and, you know, my hope is that, you know, I could teach them to, to go out and believe in other people, and, and, you know, the people that don't believe in themselves, and, and get them to uh, make those same shifts. That's massive, and I think you just probably listed some of your core values in there. The principles that you were talking about—that yeah. that's basically your core values, whether it's your personal or your business ones. I imagine those kind of align. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we're going to go over too is your your business core values and then the personal ones and how we can get those to work hand in hand. But now I would agree a hundred percent. I think too many times people think about the material things that they're going to leave behind, you know, the college funds and the trusts and the guns and you know the land and. Um, precious metals, all that type of stuff. I'm from Texas, so that's what we leave behind. (laughs) Um, And uh, they forget that none of that is going to last. None of that is going to stand the test of time. 
if the the core values aren't there, the principles that you kind of went over, and then the impact to other people isn't there. You know, taking one, you know, person from poverty to six figures could create a leader, and that leader creates more leaders. And yeah, Yeah, the the pinnacle of leadership. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, brother, I appreciate you joining the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you, you trusting in me to work in your business for 90 days, and I'm excited uh, for what we'll create together. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Let's get building. All right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.